So I want to go ahead and tell you right off the bat, if the Lord moves in your heart, it will have nothing to do with my words, because my words are going to be few this morning. And I believe the Spirit of God is going to compel you to respond. And so just know, it'll be the purity of the Spirit calling you if you feel compelled to respond by the end of this short little message. But I believe God wants to call us towards something because of what today is. Today is Palm Sunday. And if you don't know what Palm Sunday is, it's a celebration of the, of the entry of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem. When they had palm branches, they were waving in front of him, and they were throwing their cloaks on the ground, making this processional as Jesus is entering in because they had some idea that this guy was different, that he was the Messiah. And so we come into that celebration today. It launches what's called Holy Week. And Holy Week is the most important week in the Christian calendar. It is the week that leads up to the celebration of the resurrection on Easter Sunday. And, and I believe Holy Week is a gift given to us. This, this journey to the cross we've been having has been preparation for this moment because what Holy Week gives us. It gives us a chance to pray way more than we would normally pray. It gives us a chance to prepare our hearts and souls way more than we normally would. But most importantly, it gives us a chance to seek God way more fervently than we would normally seek him. This is the very thing Jesus told us to do. The whole sermonette this morning is going to be based on one verse. It's Matthew chapter 6. I want you to open up your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to be right in the middle of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is teaching these profound truths, but there's something embedded in the middle of it. It's kind of the heartbeat of the whole thing. It's a verse that I think many of you have memorized, especially if you grew up in church. It's a very well-known verse. It's, it's in this context where Jesus is teaching about the anxieties of the people around him. And I want you to know Jesus could never be more modern than he was in this moment dealing with modern issues today than talking about anxiousness because we're plagued by it. And he says, guys, don't, don't be anxious about the things everybody else in the world is anxious about, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, all these kinds of things. And he says, I'm going to give you the secret of why you don't have to be anxious. Chapter 6, verse 33, one verse, here's what it says. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's it. Pure and simple. Don't worry about all this other stuff. I'm just going to make it on a kindergarten level. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek his righteousness, and he'll take care of everything else. Now, here's what I want to, I want to come to talk to you. I don't know what right now has you anxious. I don't know what right now has you feeling overwhelmed, but I, I know in a room this size, and those of you watching online, there are some of you, and you're overwhelmed by something. Some of you are dealing with a health issue. You don't know how you're going to handle it. Maybe it's a health issue of someone that you love, and you feel anxious. You're overwhelmed by it. Some of you right here, right now, you are scared to death about a situation at work. Are you going to keep your job? Are you going to lose it? What's going to happen? How are you going to find a new one? How are finances going to be paid? And you're, you're worried right now. You don't want to be, but you are. Some of you, you're looking at your marriage, and it's, it's just you know y'all aren't communicating. You know things aren't healthy, and you don't know how to overcome it, and you're anxious. You don't want to be, but you are. There, there's something going on in some part of your world that makes you anxious. And Jesus is speaking to you right here, right now. And he's saying, you don't have to be anxious. Just seek me. Seek my kingdom, seek my righteousness, and I'll handle everything else. This is why Holy Week is such a gift. Because what it allows you to do is to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Here's what I know about the majority of you. You want to seek God. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be tuning in online. You wouldn't be a part of this service if you didn't want to seek God. Unless grandma dragged you. Maybe there's a case grandma dragged you. She pinches that ear. You show up. 
But the rest of you, you want to be here. And the reason you want to be here is because you want to seek God. But the moment you leave, the world is going to start vying for your attention. you got work. you got family duties. you got all this other stuff going on. And it's just so hard to seek first God. This is why Holy Week is a chance for you to practice what you most want. For seven days, like training wheels, you get to feel what it is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, to press into the Lord. And we have, we have set up this week to help you do that. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to right here, right now, commit to say, I'm going to pursue Christ first during these next seven days. I'm going to, I can do it for seven, maybe I'm going to struggle to do it for seven months, but for seven days, I can seek the Lord first, pursue him. So here's what it's going to look like. On Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm going to invite you, those of you who can make it, to a 10 a.m. prayer time on those three days. Now, I get many of you, you got school, some of you have work you can't get away from. I understand that not everybody can come. And so uh, those of you who are able, I'm inviting you to come. And some of you, you just might have to shift some things around at work or life to be able to come. But from 10 to 11 a.m. on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we're going to gather and we're going to pray. I have no clue how many people are going to show up. It may just be a few of us, so we're going to start off in the staff building just across this parking lot over here. If you're watching online, just come to the Pioneer Campus, and you'll be able to find it at 10 on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And if we outgrow the, the little admin building because too many of you show up, praise God, I'll grab my staff, we'll walk over like Moses part in the Red Sea, we'll come over here, and we'll keep on praying. And we'll sing all the way, it'll be great. But I'm inviting you. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 10 a.m., come join us for prayer. We're just going to cry out to God. We're going to sing songs as he puts them on our heart. We're going to read scripture. We're going to pray and cry out to God, seeking him those three days. But the real fun is going to come on Thursday. It's when things are going to pick up. So Thursday is going to be our day of fasting. For those of you who've been during this Lenten season, fasting one day a week, we've been doing it on Wednesdays. But we're going to shift during Holy Week to Thursday because our prayer gathering isn't going to be Wednesday night. It's going to be Thursday night so that we can align with what Jesus was doing. So if you show up here on Wednesday night, uh, only the worship band will be practicing. It'll be a lot of fun, but it won't be a, a prayer service. Uh, so I, I would just recommend on Wednesday night, instead of coming for our normal time of prayer, you eat your dinner that night and begin the fast right after dinner. And what will happen is you'll skip breakfast the next morning and lunch the next morning and snacks, and then you will break the fast taking the Seder meal at 6 p.m. And this is going to be a beautiful way for us to be able to to have a holy moment as we break the fast. Now, I also want to say this. If you haven't done any of the days of fasting over these last five weeks, don't worry about it. Try this one week, one time holy week where you're pressing in, seeking God, a 24-hour fast to see what it feels like. But this Seder meal is going to be a time for you to take at home with your family, with your community group, with a few friends. And some of you are going, oh, I've done that before. I saw that recording we did. Well, it's different because those were just a recording we took of a live one that we did. But this one was specially recorded for your home. So it's a brand new recording. Many of you know uh, the Messianic Jew in our congregation, Brother Rick Weintraub, the godfather of Fielder Church. He's going to be leading us as we take this. That's a joke, people. He's not really the godfather. but he, He's going to be leading us. He kind of is the godfather, if I'm being honest. Uh, and, and it's going to be he and his family, and it's going to be a beautiful moment for you to, to partake of when Jesus was in the upper room taking Passover with his disciples, their Seder meal. We're going to be doing the same thing, learning all these symbols. And every year I encourage you to do this. Now, there's some supplies you need because it's actually a dinner that you got to get ready. So I encourage you. You can find all this information at filler.org Easter. You scroll down to the bottom, and you get all the details that you need 
and you'll see the, the Seder meal, and the, you click on that, and you'll find all the ingredients and things you need to do to get ready for it. But at 6 p.m., break the fast with the Seder meal in your home or with your group. And then, here's what I'm so excited about. That night, at 9 p.m., we're going to gather together at our South Oaks campus, right off 287 in Sublet. And we're going to be over there, all three campuses together, for a prayer vigil from 9 to midnight. And you're going, why are we doing that? Well, that's what Jesus did. Right after he had the, the Passover, the Seder meal with his disciples, says that he, that he went down to the Garden of Gethsemane, and then late tonight, he's praying. And some of you are going, I don't want to pray. I go to bed at 8.30. You want me to pray all the way to midnight? Well, let me tell you, it's going to be hard for some of you, but it was hard for the disciples. If you were there with Jesus, he kept having to say, guys, wake up. Can't you stay awake? He's saying, keep watch, be vigilant. That's why it's called a prayer vigil. You got you to gotta press into this to cry out as he's, as he's praying to the Father. We're going to be praying to the Father. And we're going to persist all the way until midnight. I'm praying that there's some, it's, it's not raining. You keep praying with me because the rain chances keep going up and down. Because I want us to go finish in Grace Gardens at our South Coast campus outside where we're praying in a garden, remembering Jesus in the garden. And I think it could be a beautiful moment of soul preparation. So we're going to have, and it's going to be, a, it's going to be lightning fast from 9 to midnight because we have so many beautiful activities of prayer. And when we finish at midnight, you're going to go home tired, but you're going to be ready. You're going to be ready for Friday, the cross. And we're going to be right back here in this room at 7 p.m. on Friday. And we are going to feel the weight of the cross. And we're going to sing songs of worship, but they're going to be heavy as we do so. But the best part of all is that we're going to have a chance to take these crosses that many of you have been wearing all during the Lenten season as a reminder of your consecration to the Lord that you've been fasting and praying and sacrificing. And you're going to have a chance. There's going to be a big old cross on this stage. And you're going to have a chance to take that cross off your head and lay it down at that cross. And what you're going to see is a picture of how small your cross is compared to how big his cross is. And in that moment, you're going to remember all that you've been sacrificing, all the fasting, all that pales in comparison to the real sacrifice and the real cross of Jesus Christ. It's a moment to humble ourselves and to remember how much more worthy he is of anything that we could give him because he gave up so much more than us. And then we'll take the Lord's Supper at that moment, and then we'll enter into the tomb, figuratively speaking. And when we enter into the tomb, in that moment, we're going to go into Saturday, and we're going to be a little stiller, a little more quiet, and we're going to have a chance to slow down and, and just to feel an emptiness so that we can get our hearts ready for Easter Sunday. And then in Easter Sunday, we're going to come into this room and we're going to sing so loud. That roof right there is going to fly right off the building. We're going to praise our God the way he deserves to be praised because our hearts are going to be ready to sing our praises to the risen Lord Jesus Christ. All of this is just a journey for seven days to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And let him take care of everything else. So I'm asking you to commit right here, right now, to say, I'll do it. As much as I possibly can, I'll do it. I want to lean into Christ. I want to seek him because he's worthy of it. But let me tell you some really great news. One of the best ways that you can seek him is by worshiping his holy name. And we can do that today. Because today is the first day of Holy Week, Palm Sunday. Today's a day where we can praise him, which is why this sermon is going to be so short. I'm about to get out of the way because we need to praise him the way he is due praise. I'm going to give you one passage of scripture more before I head out. It's in the book of Luke, chapter 19. It's the triumphal entry, what the whole Palm Sunday is built upon. And I want you to listen to how the disciples responded. I'm going to start in verse 35 when they're bringing Jesus to put him on the colt. Luke 19, verse 35 says, And they brought it, talking about the colt, to Jesus. 
and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I love this next part. He answered, I tell you, if they were silent, the very stones would cry out. I can't tell them to be quiet because somebody's got to praise me. That's what Jesus is saying. He says they're coming down and they're waving their palm branches, throwing their cloaks, and it says they're rejoicing and praising him with a loud voice. They're not holding back. They're undignified in their praise. And that's what the Lord is calling us to do this Palm Sunday, to praise him the way he deserves to be praised. And so I'm about to get out of the way and let us praise, but, but before I do, I want to just say this quick thing. There are, there are some of you who won't be ready to praise him quite yet because there's a weight on your heart you need to deal with first. And they all go back to Matthew 6.33. There are many of you in this room, many of you watching online right now, and you're not going to be able to praise him like you should because you are anxious about something. You can't see the grandeur of God because you're stuck looking at this thing that is overwhelming you, whatever that thing is making you anxious. And here's what I want to remind you what Jesus said. Don't, don't be anxious about anything. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now let me tell you about the kingdom of God. It's a kingdom of power. What we talked about last week in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, therefore let us draw near to the throne of grace with boldness, with confidence, so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. He's, a throne, it's, he's got a throne and he's a king sitting upon us. That's what it talks about, the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom, seek his power, seek his throne, because it's a throne of grace. And he will meet you in your time of need. So before you throw your hands into the air to praise him, you take your need to the throne of grace. You lay that anxiety down. Don't be anxious about anything, but with supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you want your heart and your mind guarded in Christ Jesus, you've got to let your requests be made known to God. We're going to have a prayer team that's going to be down front, ready to pray over you, ready to grab hands with you and let your requests be made known to God. This is you seeking first the kingdom of God, the throne of grace. I'm going to invite you in a moment to do that. But before I do that, there's another group of you in here. And the thing that you most need to do is to seek his righteousness. And I want you to be real clear on this. This is where people, they mess up so much in the church. Seek his righteousness, not your righteousness. There are so many people that think, if I want to be right with God, I've got to work hard to be righteous. I've got to start going to church. Maybe that's why you're in the building or tuning in online. Maybe you're going, I've got to go to church if I want to make my life right. I got to stop cussing so much. I got to start, I got to be a better man, be a better woman. I got to change my ways. I got to fix this in my life. I've got to be righteous. That is not what he says. He doesn't say seek your righteousness. He says seek his righteousness. Let me tell you what that means. That means Jesus Christ was righteous when you couldn't be. He was the one who fully obeyed the Father when you failed him again and again. And then Jesus says, I've got a gift for you. I'm going to take off my robe of righteousness, and I'm going to put it around you. That, that dirty, nasty robe that you're wearing, take it off. Give it to me. I'll take it to the cross with me. I want to give you my righteousness, my robe. So when the Father sees you, he sees someone holy and righteous. When you seek Christ and you invite him to take over you and he comes in righteousness, you give him your sin and brokenness, that's when you seek first his righteousness, not your own. I am certain there are some of you here today. There may be some of you watching online, and God is speaking to you right now. 
And he's saying, you are desperate for a fresh start. You are so fed up with your life. And you're going, if I could just start over, if, I could, if there was just like a reset button I could hit and just, just become somebody new because I'm so sick of my shame and guilt and brokenness and failure. And I'm just such, I'm just, I've wrecked my life and I don't know how to start over. There are some of you in this room, and that's, who, that's what you're thinking. That's what's going on in your mind. There's some of you watching online. That's exactly what's going on in your mind. And here's what I want you to hear. You do have a chance for a fresh start. It's in Christ Jesus. For if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. You can be made brand new today by seeking his righteousness, not your own. All it requires is you take off your robe of sin and shame and guilt, confess your brokenness, your sin before Almighty God, and then invite Christ to come in and put his robe of righteousness around you. You seek his righteousness, and in that moment, everything is made new. God has even given you a reset button. It's that baptistry up here on the stage. It's a picture for you to feel that, where you go under the water, and the old you is dead and gone, washed clean, and you come out, symbolizing a brand new life in Jesus Christ where you are brand spanking new. Everything is new. It's all been reset. Some of you desperately need that today. All you got to do is seek his kingdom and his righteousness. He'll take care of everything else. So I'm going to invite you all to stand up right now. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come spread around the room and get ready to receive you. And I want to remind you, if you're here and you're anxious about something, don't leave here anxious. Leave that anxiety. Put it at the, the throne of grace. Draw near. Seek the kingdom of God in this moment so God can take that and lift it from you. He may not solve everything, but he can lift up that weight you've been feeling today. And there are others of you. Today's the day. You get a fresh start in your life. You need it. You're ready to seek his righteousness, not your own, to trust in the gospel of Jesus Christ. You come let us know. We have a T-shirt that says, Jesus in my place. We'll put it on you. And you can remember he was righteous in your place. He went to the cross in your place. We'll put shorts on you. We'll counsel with you. And you can come up here before the service is over and publicly profess your faith in Jesus Christ. You just got to come. The rest of you, it's time for us to get our palm branches out and to declare our mighty praise of the King of Kings and to tell him that nothing else in this world matters more than him to us. He is worthy of all the pursuit, all the glory. I, I, want, us, I want us to sing so loud. They're going to come down from the third floor and go, what in the world is going on in that service? because we are just declaring the mighty praises of our King. We don't want the rocks to have to cry out. We're gonna do it in this room. So if you're ready to worship, you worship. If you need to respond, you respond. I give you time, you move.